want to be Paul. Trust me, you don't. <laughs> you don't want any of this, Paul. <laughs> you know that line from the from the football movie where he's like, "I don't want your life." Yes, I, it's the opposite. I want I your want life. Your life. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just warg into you. You don't because you don't want my life because it's all the street scene. It's what it is. Just constantly the sh- me laying in the street, hoping cars don't swerve. <laughs> wait, 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 is that from the same football movie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. <laughs> Because it's uh, Vanderbeek that says that. I don't want y'all laugh, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> what, do- what the hell was that movie called? Uh, Varsity Blues? No, it was the program, right? No. I think it's Varsity Blues. And then You're there's right, like the is. lady with the whipped cream on her boobs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, just so we know, I think I don't want your laugh is from... Var- it's from Varsity Blues because that's got James Vanderbeek. Yeah. And I'm fairly positive he said that. But the scene I was thinking of laying in the highway where the cars are driving by is from the program. What is the program? It was like a Kevin Costner football movie. And do you remember that? When the, because there's, there's a scene, I think they deleted it because kids died trying to recreate it. They lay, they, to, 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 oh to, no, one of my favorite phrases in working animation is repeatable behavior. This was standards and practices. This was mean. repeatable as hell because everywhere's got cars and streets and you can just go do it. And if someone did it. <laughs> oh, a young Halle Berry. Well, they do. They, no one, no one's going to repeat it if we just talk about we it. We can talk about it. Do not repeat this behavior. Uh, <laughs> it, well, it, it, unless you're trying to get uh, hazed into a varsity football team, you don't have to do this, which is what they did was they had to lay in the road in the middle line on the dotted line and and let the cars drive past them on the to road. To prove what? You're, that, you're, that you're tough? That you don't flinch? Yeah, that, you're, that your car's strong. No, to prove that you'll do what they say. <laughs> that, well, that's oh, real, okay. That's the subtext, yes. If it was like, tackle that car to prove you're the best tackler, I can understand. That makes a little more sense. I think it would be really funny if a high school football team tried to haze me, a 34-year-old adult. <laughs> into their They're trying team. to haze anyone they can get their hands on, Kevin. <laughs> they want to know if, if your car's strong. And to, to your point, Chad, if you can tackle a car that's practical strength that's you know you have practical strength at that point yeah as long as you get a low low uh center of gravity and you wrap with your arms you'll you can tackle pretty much anything what if their center of gravity is lower then then you're fucked so you're saying a dwarf would be the uh, ideal football kevin legitimately my least favorite people to go against as a football player was small stocky people (laughs) because i was like i just can't I can't get low enough for you. Jesus. And then they would just like tabletop me. Your your vision's going to go all Tarantino movie once we finally interact in real life. <laughs> what the woo-hoo, Only if you start like stomping your feet and charging at me, Kevin. That's just how I say hello. Unless you're coming in for a big old hug. Kevin does have a tattoo of a bull and that has given him the attributes of a bull as well. I do have a tattoo of a bull. That's real. Mm, a Chicago bull? It's not kayfabe. That is real. No, I, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the Cole family crest on my arm. That's fucking sick. I don't know how to... This is so deep into the Kevin lore for me to know this. Yeah, but I'm also a Taurus. So when people see it, they're like, are you oh, a okay. Taurus? I'm like, yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> but also, I have the powers of the bull, and then you ha- hammerhead him. I've never him. even like interacted with a bull before. <laughs> <laughs> I just like heraldry. Heraldry is sick. I wish I knew my family's heraldry. You could probably find it if you know your genealogy. Yeah, I, I, we, I, we have my family quest. My, wow, my family quest is <laughs> the toughest. Uh, that was amazing. It's boring. It's, I didn't mean to say it like that. My family quest <laughs> is quest sixty four. Uh, <laughs> 
You just maximized water magic. Um, yeah. Chad, that was the cute. That was the cutest heraldric statement ever made. <laughs> my family quest is this quest of swank. Um, I, I don't know. My crest is just like so bland. It's like one of those ones where there's four different squares and they all do different things, and like none of them are cool symbols. Uh, you don't have just, um, like three chevrons. I'm like, what does that even mean? Whatever. Like that's that sucks. You don't have one symbol in, amongst the four. Like one. No, icon? it's like it's like at some point the quants couldn't decide, so they just put a bunch of random like web uh, like clip art on there. And it, I Quant hate it. is German. Uh, yeah, some sort of German Polish thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think they do funny animals like, uh, like England does. Germany doesn't do anything funny. There's no funny business in Germany. Oh, you know what? Uh, I, so I think Richie, I see a Scottish one and I see a German one. I'm fairly certain the Richie for me is German, but I do have Scottish ancestry. The the great news is you're American, so you can just say whatever you want your history to be, like, depending on what crest is cooler. Yeah, they're, I'm going to go with the Scott. Well, they're both pretty cool. Actually, the, I think the, the German one's a little cooler. Both are knights in cool armor uh, yep. looking off in profile. With a unicorn yep. on their head. It's sick, actually. Oh, That's so shit. Cool. That's yeah. cool as hell. Well, wait. So the crest is the same regardless of yeah. uh, Scotland or, or what was the other well, one? The, Spain? Ri- the rich, yeah. Uh, Germany. I think Germany. The, I think the rendition on the Scottish one is cooler looking. So I'm going to go with the Scottish one. Yeah. The Richie's, the Richie's empire uh, extended far and wide across Europe. We had many unicorns under our power. All right. I found... Fa- I found my quant. I found my quant crest. Okay, and yeah, it's it looks like fucking dominoes. <laughs> it looks like, like it's, a meme. It looks like a meme, Chad. It looks like a fucking oh, like you just place different things. Yeah, it's like it's like the, the loss meme or something. Your your whole mission in life has to be make a Dark Souls character with that helmet. Well, the helmet, yes, the helmet is very Souls because it, it's like that. Yeah. It's like that onion helm that has like the little slats yeah. like that. I do like that onion helm, and it's squ- yep. it's squished and kind of has like a, a an eldritch vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, it's got like this extra space for, for like for you to put a hot dog in your helmet or something. <laughs> like you want some extra food in there while yeah, you're you just, fighting. You just yeah. you just kind of like uh, thread it through those little things, uh, and then you can just yeah. take little bites off of it as the fight goes on. Yeah, when you're when you're trying to have lunch and your your lord makes you have a meeting during lunch, and you're like, oh, I gotta put a hot dog through here. You're not supposed to skip lunch. You're not supposed to. I don't think you can do that. <laughs> the pile of dirt is what's giving me meme energy. Why is your thing on a pile yeah. of dirt? <laughs> their, that's their dirt pile. <laughs> How about this, though? Because it will, you know, maybe maybe you guys are really happy with your crests. What if we just made our own crests? Okay. Right now, you start fresh. Okay. You know, fuck your ancestors. Just make up a new one, and then you instill the virtues of this crest. Are you ready? I got mine. Your li- to your to your future successors. Yeah. What Paul? What's on yours? Okay, it's a black field. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Black field. On the crest. Black, black, black field. A black earth. Black, black, black field. Uh, yeah. Straight dotted line down the center of it. Yeah. Uh, a trapezoid on the right and a trapezoid on the left with two circles with conical uh, imagery coming off of the fronts of them, and in the center what? a teenage boy who is being hazed for a football team. <laughs> Welcome to Goosebuds? <laughs> yeah! Welcome yeah. to Goosebuds. Blam, blam, blam. Welcome. I'm Paul. I'm Kevin. 
I'm Chad, uh, and usually we cover the books of R.L. Stein. Today we're covering the TV works of R.L. Stein, or executive produced by R.L. Stein. Wow. Goosebumps 2023 on Disney Plus and Hulu, depending on your streaming service, the starring Justin Long and no one else, uh, Goosebumps <laughs> TV show. Do we know why it's on both Disney Plus and Hulu? Why, why are they getting I think they bought along? it. I think uh, Disney bought it. Disney bought yes. Hulu. I think Disney's always partially owned Hulu, but in recent, I don't think this is. They bought out Comcast out of it. Jesus. Wow. Can you, can you imagine buying out Comcast? Yeah. They did it. Well, I can imagine Disney doing it. <laughs> yeah. There's, and that's fine. Everyone's fine with that. We got, no, I think we no, have. None to of be. us are fine with any of this. I mean, I know we're not fine with it, but like. <laughs> I don't know if we have a choice with being fine or not. Uh, uh, here's what I'm not fine with, also, in addition to that. What? Why couldn't they give this show uh, kind of a cool subtitle or uh, some sort of name? Because I hate having to try and figure out what the yeah. show is called beyond just Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's difficult for, like, naming these uh, MP3 files, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. We've already used these names. How about, like, Goosebumps colon Requiem? That's... <laughs> That's way cooler than just Goosebumps. Or as I see on the poster, Goosebumps New Series, which is what it says underneath the name. Goosebumps. <laughs> New Goosebumps, bro- Goosebumps Broken Mirror. <laughs> Goosebumps Birth Before Sleep. Three- Goosebumps 365 over 52 days. <laughs> this sure is a third episode. I liked this episode. Yes. Well, I, we are I like- covering Cuckoo Clock of Doom. If you haven't listened to the other episodes, go back and listen to them. We are the third episode of the show. Yeah, we were. We so last episode we attempted to talk about two episodes, two and three together. Yeah. Uh, but we got so into talking about uh, what was episode two? It was um, the haunted mask. The haunted mask that we just couldn't stop, and we we decided we're gonna we're gonna carry on with Cuckoo Clock of Doom in this one. Now, I think I liked episode two more than I liked three. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I. Yeah, I I think I just kind of like Izzy as as a perspective character because mm-hmm. like I like her problems, but James is fun as a character. It's just he isn't really present a lot in in this episode. He's there for the important bits. Yeah, it's weird how it is James's episode and then not a lot of James. I well, I there, well love James in episode a lot, one. And, a lot of James, but there's not a lot, lot of James. Yeah. You know, it's quantity and over quality. That's of the James problems. Uh, I liked James a lot in episode one and two. I thought they were doing a like, oh, this is the fun kind of like side goofy character, but card. also has wild card has some different angles to him. There's a there's a crush they have like, uh, cool, 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 cool. And then for some reason in this episode, I just really grew to not like James. I don't know. Well, I mean, mm, I don't think that's James's fault. It's other James's fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You get very, <laughs> you get incredibly low amounts. Actually, I think James has the best line in this, besides the other James. Uh, I I think you get such a little amount of of true James that mm. you that you forget what true James is. You know what I mean? Well, well, in true like horror movie fashion, James has to sin before he is punished. Yes. by the universe, <laughs> I guess he lies. So he um. What was James's sin? He lies and cheats. It's on. He's not true to himself. Is the, he's is not true oh. to himself? But he also does take advantage of of the fa- of the ability that he gets at the beginning. So to set this episode up, this is the cuckoo clock of doom. During yeah. during the uh, first episode of this show, we saw all of our characters gathered together, except for Izzy. Uh, we saw all of our characters gathered together 
in uh in what's um Justin Long's Nathan Bratt's house, right? And yep. they all encountered different objects of power. And mm-hmm. uh James's, which we didn't see until this episode, was he encountered the cuckoo clock of doom. Does he touch it? How does he how does he get he, it? Like, he falls back it. and hits his head on yeah, it. He bonks his head on it. He bonks his yeah. head on it. And uh and then he kind of he kind of cuts off. He kind of like takes diverts from everybody else. Uh, so we're finally seeing what has happened to to James after he encountered this. And essentially, I thought this was cool because it, it's setting up what is going to be a Groundhog Day episode. And then it completely subverts that, which I thought was a nice twist. I was uh, kind of bummed that they abandoned the Groundhog Day aspect yeah! of it so quickly. What the fuck? I was a little bit. But at the same time, I don't know after um, what's the uh, Natasha Leone show. Um, oh, a Russian doll. Russian doll. After Russian doll. I don't do we need. I feel like Russian doll did the Groundhog Day thing kind of perfectly. You know, I've only seen the eight Netflix shows, so I don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's 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 a trope at this point, right? There's the Groundhog Day is the first one everyone thinks of. There's Russian Doll. I think Palm Springs, which I didn't see during the pandemic, also did it. Chad's getting it's, very it's, far away. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I was shut my window. I'm getting pulled away by me, man! <laughs> it, it's an archetype of an episode at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, like... The, the the idea of Groundhog Day is like you're improving yourself, you're getting better, and the idea of Groundhog Day making you worse is actually kind of funny. Yeah, and agreed. it seems very nihilistic in a goosebumps sort of way. Was that was that happening here? I guess well, because he does use it to get to quote unquote get better in that, and this is his sin. Chad is so. What happens is James, uh, he bumps his head. He has a a, a bad um interaction with his crush. What's his name? What's there, what's this oh, I don't know, just generic, Fuck. generic Thad type S- character. Sam, uh, Mister Shoulders, Mister no. Mister <laughs> Featherhair, Mister uh, Pretty Face. <laughs> he has a he has a uh, bad interaction with Mister Pretty Face, Fe- Mister Feathery Hair, Pretty Face. Tyson, I think Tyson. It's Tyson or Sam. I'm looking at these guys on this on this IMDb. Oh yeah, that's a Sam. I'm looking at the credits. That sounds like Sam. Yeah, uh, and he has a bad interaction because he tries to flirt with him and then totally bombs. Uh, and then he, he tries to leave the party after bombing and I thought this was cool. So you, he, he goes to leave the party and as he goes to leave the party, his body and, uh, seemingly his soul are, are cleaved in twain. (laughs) Yeah. You see, as he, as he leaves, you see his other self Jamiroquai back into the house. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I wish I had put it that way. That's incredible. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like it's like he's like he's like hot trotting backwards yeah. no, as he goes. It's uh, the you nailed it. I uh, I words have failed me, and they you you have picked them up and you have run them over the finish line with your football. It's powers, vir- this Chad. episode's virtual insanity for sure. He so <laughs> we see him do this a couple times now because he wakes back up and he's having the exact same experience, um, and he gets a little further in his in his uh in his conversation with Sam because he's he has a little bit of knowledge, right? So then he gets the idea because he's James and he's a little bit of a scamp. And <laughs> can, can we before before we get too many time loops in, can we rewind just quickly sure. to the conversation he has with Mr. Pretty Face? Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Um, About football. And so he tries to uh, pretend to be into football because he's a people pleaser. So like once he kind of gets wind that this dude's into soccer. He tries to engage and he ends up lying and the dude's turned off. Now, I I think like 
this guy is pretty, like, uncharitable. If I found out somebody was lying just to hold my interest in a conversation, I'd be like, okay, a little weird, but kind of interesting that you like me that much. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. it, I, I think, like, the most unrealistic aspect of this is this dude being so turned off that someone would lie to him just to have a conversation is a little weird. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Also, I mean, well, I mean, this, this is teenage love, but like, it, there's they're not a good fit. James and this guy are not; they have nothing in common. But the fact that this guy is like uh, not willing to like play keepy uppy with the social situation is very unteenagery of him. The fact that he's like, mm. no, honesty is the best policy, and anyone who would lie to me is a bad person, no matter how I feel about it. Kevin, them. that's a great point, because I was going to say that this was high school, and that I think I would have probably been a little more dismissive, but I think you're actually right. It probably would have been more like, ah, I don't give a shit. I'll just talk to you anyway, because you're trying to... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Do you remember the first time somebody paid attention to you in high school? God. I, I mean, based on this is me, third party, as a, as a straight white guy in high school, mm-hmm. but James does call out it later in this episode, I'm one of six gay guys in town. Mm. Yeah. If Sam is one of these other six, I think... Like, my gay friends in high school, it was like the picking slim, so we're going to stick together regardless of our interests. Like, yeah. or, they, we'll absolutely, or we'll absolutely hate each other, I guess, because we've already, you know, had some drama. But, like, right. it's a limited social circle. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that that line either, that there's only six gay people in. Well, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it could work. I don't know. Six out gay people. Sure. Right. Yeah, that makes more sense, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Um, they're doing. A, they were doing a great job up until that line. I it, it's still probably fine. It still makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It just gave me gave me minor pause. I'm not going to fucking cancel the fucking show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, this entire not this fine. Goosebumps should be totally taking inspiration from others. You should always look at for other stories that have done this. This entire beat of James doing the loop to do better has been done in Groundhog's Day and other like. That's a moment that's a major part of Groundhog's Day is Bill Murray is learning about Andy McDowell and remembering yes. things for the next time until I think what's done better is Andy McDowell bumps against him, not because he is fake, but like because he is making things up to get with her. Right. Mm-hmm. As an adult, when he's like, I think at some point Bill Murray is like, right, I'll remember that for next time. So I said, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And because it, it comes across as creepy as opposed to this where James is like, you said, Kevin, just trying to make some convo, just trying to. <laughs> be a sexy halloween cat you know <laughs> yeah. but but he is cheating though he's cheating in that he is you know he is he he's yeah. faking it he's he's using this ability to become a less authentic version of himself and creating authentic sure. versions of himself yeah and i'm not saying you should use supernatural powers or time manipulation or mind control or mind reading in order to get a date no or spells but if you're going to think about it a little bit yeah, yeah have, have some art. And I know they're in high school. They don't have, you know, art. They don't they don't have the art artistry to do this yet. <laughs> I'm just trying to now wonder, maybe we don't maybe this is not the podcast to cover this, but is it ethically wrong actually to use time resets to make your life better? As long mm-hmm. as you're not like pruning the other timeline, well, I get into multiverse shit. Uh-huh. As long as you're not dooming that other timeline when you branch off to death or something. I don't see anything wrong with it. It's not wrong to invoke the supernatural, but it is wrong to be dishonest about it. I guess. You, and and get, to be 
dishonest with yourself about yourself. Yeah. As long as the person you're flirting with, if they ever say, hey, are you doing a Groundhog's Day thing to get to know me better? You have to say yes immediately. I don't think it should come to... I think you've got to be open <laughs> about your Groundhog's Day scenario. Be like, hey, I'm in a Groundhog's Day right now. So um, we've done this a few times, but uh, the fact that I've attempted this a few times, you know, maybe that maybe that counts for something. That's actually a fun pickup line. We should use that. Oh, I don't. Well, I don't have any need to use that, but it, someone should use that. <laughs> it falls to wife. me. You should, yeah, Kevin, you should. It, next time you're in a flirtation situation, try being like, "Hey, would it be weird for you?" If this were a Groundhog Day situation, and I—that's actually creepy. Don't do that, Kevin. It's gonna bother. No, 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 no. I, I think I, no, I like this. It's it could be interesting. Help. It could be an interesting yeah. icebreaker. But the, it's easy to counter because the person will be like, "Okay, um, what's something secret about me that no one could know?" Or like, "What they'll they'll be on top of it if they're totally. you know, if they're really thinking." No, of the you just say you just say you're early. You're just say you're early on to like Kevin. What if you let's say you go up? This is loop two. This is loop two. You go up to them and you're like. Hey, I, I know this is crazy, but I th- I think I'm stuck in a time loop. Have you seen Groundhog's Day? Have you seen Edge of Tomorrow, also called Live, Die, Repeat? Have you seen Goosebumps uh, 2023 on Hulu Plus slash Disney? Uh, go- uh, Goosebumps a new series is what it's called. A new se- Goosebumps new series. Yeah. Uh, I, and I'm in looped. I'm, I think I'm in a time loop, and I don't know how I'm going to escape this, but I'd like to get to know you better. Watch some everything about yourself. And then as soon as she's like, you know, oh, I uh, I don't like chocolate cookies. You're like, great. Hey, next time in the time loop, I'm going to bring you some vanilla cookies. And, sh- and they'll be like, thanks. That's great. And then you walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the, the cool, re- the, the turn that was going to no, happen. No, <laughs> even on my own plan, I realized I don't know if I have, have more of that. <laughs> I think it's more of a hypothetical interest that you, I think you're really, it's really, you're figuring out how playful the person you're talking to is, com- to be completely yeah, honest. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. It could be any answers you get, any th- answers you get from it are revealing of that person. I don't know. I don't want anyone too fun. You don't want anyone too fun. <laughs> but Kevin, you, would you say that you would want somebody, would you say that you would want somebody that was not to be conned who would go, tell me something deep about myself then? And, and frankly, Paul, anyone who yes ands me like at the drop of a hat is a dangerous addition to my life. <laughs> you you don't want a yes and you want to know you want to know but I need a stabilizing element, Chad. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I'm not gonna. I uh, you know, Kevin, you know yourself and you know what you need. I'm not gonna second guess that. Yeah, so we should cl- we should we should clarify if you have watched episode two. Hopefully, you have. If you're listening to this. It ended with Izzy. Uh, hitting a pool ball uh, errantly into James's face, and he exploded into gross goop. Yeah, which is kind of a fun non sequitur cliffhanger. Abs- yeah, it's an absurd thing. Luckily, you know, this is a streaming show, and you can go on. If that was the end of an episode for a week, I don't know if I would have remembered that a week later to be like, "Yeah, oh, that happened." That's right. So uh, good for the format. Um, and you're right, a very wild, wild ending. I laughed uh, because I knew that this was show was supposed to be a little absurd but i think you know if you're not primed could be a little weird did they show it in the previously on like oh by the way james exploded they probably to. not they but, had to they had to um I'm but by look. the way so we're saying like the the episode you know loses this uh bill murray andy mcdowell plot within the first uh according to my time code like 10 minutes mm-hmm. by by 10 minutes in the party is over james has i guess seduced sam or gotten to the point where they're gonna have a number i i didn't i, I was very curious how you guys f- felt about this where 
the the rules of this episode are very arbitrary trying to just run with it mm-hmm. but when when james tries to leave the house after failing he gets reset yeah. unintentionally he gets reset right and, he, and that's when the jumiroquai happens we'll, la- we'll learn mm-hmm. later that's splitting another version the virtual insanity begins bird flies in front of the screen couches are shifting mm-hmm. but when sam and james finally connect after james has lied enough times james is like let's get out of here and then he crosses the threshold he pulls the guts out of the worked. clock he pulls the guts out of the clock that's why oh my god i completely forgot about that okay yeah, i was trying to figure out, like clock. why did james okay so james could have just done that at any point right yeah but he only but he was like, "I'll use this for for evil." Right. Okay. Yeah. He, just pulls was, the, he pulls the gear out of the clock at that yeah. stops the. Time. Okay. Okay. My bad. Never mind. It's too. It's an easy out, right? Like, how does he know it's the cuckoo clock? What does the cuckoo clock of doom do in the books? I can't remember. I think it's it moves. I'm gonna. Look. I think it was like a time machine, wasn't yeah, it? Like you a, could move the dials. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a time machine situation. Okay. So it's it's a little different from this. I guess it was a little bit of a. They kind of have it. You know. Their their choice of what they wanted to do with it. I'm pretty sure you turned the dial of the clock. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up right now, real quick. Yeah, I'm trying to quickly scan it as well. It's been years since we've read this book. And this is one of the. <laughs> I think Google Clock of Doom was it was number twenty eight. So we were into this show a decent amount, but I yeah, it's been a minute since I uh, since I read this. Um, I'm fairly certain it's a it's a time mach- it's a time machine. It's not a okay. uh, it's not a Groundhog Day situation, right? Yeah, the, the kid turns the cuckoo's clock's head backwards. That's right, and time go- starts to go backward. He gets sm- younger. Time that's right. Backwards. Yes, that's yeah. Right. So I also was curious. Maybe we'll learn in a later episode. It's not expressed in this. Do we think that the reason the cuckoo clock of doom has is an object of power is because of the event of Halloween night when they awoken a ghost everything was just kind of given like thematically ironic curses Uh or or does or does tom biddle did he make like a bunch of random objects of power and james just happened to crash in one setting the time i think that's a mystery to be solved by watching the more more of this show fuck i guess we have to watch more i think we got to watch more show to see maybe they're all aspects of biddle's personality like the mask is like him who he was pretending to be and like the cuckoo clock is his rage at all the time he lost because he died and uh, i kevin i fucking hope so because i can't <laughs> i can't my heart cannot take this being another wait a second guys did you ever hear of this series called goosebumps and then they pull the books out if that <laughs> happens end, again they find the books of if that happens yeah. again i i don't know that i can take it <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. This is a book series. This is a universe. Without the books so far. Where the books don't exist. Yes. Yeah. Because some kid would be like, oh my God, this is everything that's happened to us is a Goosebumps book. Yes. And I'm hoping against all of my uh, hard gained knowledge of this world that they are not going to do that again. But I don't, I don't know if they can, guys. I don't know if they can hold off. I think Slappy's behind all of it. That's my current That's going to be the, that's the fulcrum. That's the, or sorry, that's the, that's the Rubicon. When we cross the Slappy moment, that's when we'll know. Because Slappy's the person who will, he's the, he's the one who'll say it. Me as George Lucas in episode one behind the scenes going, Slappy's the key to all of mm-hmm. this. New theory. All the parents, it, they weren't trying to kill Biddle. They were trying to kill Slappy. <gasps> I love that, Kevin. I <laughs> that's love a great that. Guess. That's a great guess for this. I We got we to gotta watch more of this show, I think. Yeah, we got to prove how fucking good this is. So, so, ten, so 10 minutes in, the time loop is over. It is now yep. about the ramifications of the time loop. Yep. Uh, no, in no way connected to what the original book did, but that's fine. 
It is now uh, all of the clones that were were made. Yeah, uh, Doppel Jameses. Mm-hmm. Doppel Jameses. I love it. Uh, are all just there. I gotta say, not as particularly fun way to reveal it. It's kind of just like James is making breakfast, and then I think <laughs> that James just walks in. Right. Another James appears. <laughs> Another James appears. There's no like opening the door and James is there, or like finding James or, or Sam being like James. I had a great date, and, and James is like. What do you mean? I didn't have a date with you. It's just James is high behind the fridge. Chad, that is such a good uh, writerly observation about this, where it's just like, well, they just kind of just showed you what happened. They didn't, they didn't, there was no, uh, they didn't put any English on this. Well, I mean, he is in a cat suit. He is in his sexy cat outfit from <laughs> Halloween. That's a little fun. That's fun. They never do a nine lives reference joke or anything. There should be like nine Jameses. There are nine, there are nine Jameses. Do they call that out? Did I miss that? Uh, no, they never call it out, but you see seven and you learn there are eight. Oh my God. The subtext. Okay. And then there's James. I was trying to keep, subtext. yeah, I was trying to keep count if there were nine lives. Uh, he does have that fun pop tart part where, before he sees himself. I should have counted all of the time see Jamericoid, um, but I, didn't, I did. But it, I assume they did. Kevin, I, uh, by number three, I was like, oh, they're going to do nine Jameses. Um, and they, there were not, it didn't add up to nine in that, in what they showed you. I was counting. Uh, okay. Why are the Jameses evil? Well, because it's the cuckoo clock of doom. It's like <laughs> it's it's the classic because of the title of the work. Okay, yeah, I guess I guess that's all it is. I know it's a curse. I should just go with it. But I remember going like we're we're seem to be established. That these are other Jameses. Would they have any sort of like allegiance to James or like I don't know? <laughs> Multiplicity did this shit. Whereas like you're trying to keep a lid on it for a while and then one of the james is getting a little bit like oh i'm jealous that i don't get to go on the date with Sam. right now right. i'm going now i'm going bad classic clone situation but these aren't and they are clones you're right this is a very clone like thing but i think the i think the issue we're running into here is we're looking at it as if they are a, a unified force but these are beings born of james's duplicity so his, <laughs> his his nine plusity, if you will. Uh, so they are they are all they are all evilly evilly born. So they need they need to be evil from from the <laughs> they beginning. Had evil. They were from an evil act. Yes, they were. Made. Yes, they're they're dark. Lying James's. to a boy about football. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and also he made all those pop tarts and sang that pop tart song and didn't give them any. So yeah. that's probably the real reason. To be and then the clones, then the clones take him away to his family's abandoned mine. Yeah, what was that? I don't know if I caught. Yeah, what, the, okay, so yeah, what, <laughs> I didn't catch. I, also confused I didn't we catch were. that detail. I've been waiting to break this out. I've been waiting to break this out for a while. But big dwarf energy. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Can I bring up can I bring up the location of the mine? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have been in real life. No way. That one of my first jobs out here when I worked on a music video, I probably told this story before, right? I had to work on a music video for a girl group that doesn't exist anymore called Beach Girls Five. Uh-huh, I'm Googling it. <laughs> this is deep trad lore. You've never you've never told us this. And the warehouse we were shooting in, it was this unpaid work, but I was just like, I need a job so bad I'll do this work for for days mm-hmm. it was the warehouse uh it's where they have james and they kick him in the pit i believe is also the warehouse from inception uh-huh because we had some giant props that were from the movie inception including giant fake iron girders they made me and a bunch of teenage boys carry and we almost died no we almost got crushed by it because we weren't supposed to be moving these things but near the end of the music video 
they ran out of extras and needed people to dance in the rafters where you just see their silhouettes. <laughs> so they made me and the other PAs get up there in our dirty PA, like laying down cables outfits. And I'm dancing in that music video. <laughs> I need to see this video and I need to spy. I'm going to, wa- I'm going to watch this with the same intent that I watched that, uh, that one scene in wizard of Oz looking for the, like the guy who hangs himself in the background. I'm going to be looking for Chad <laughs> so hard okay. in this video. I'm going to link you to the music video. So this music video is called Beach Girls 5 Scratch. I, I worked on this music video for three days. Okay. It's fucking awful, but it'll get stuck in your head. That is the, the, the warehouse they are in is the same warehouse that James is, is led through. Wow, your immersion was ruined. Oh, my God, it is. Oh, my God, it totally is. Yeah, that's that same warehouse. Has that warehouse been abandoned for 12 years? I, I think it's just a warehouse <laughs> like that. I was like, well, yeah, we can use this for a, for a shoot. Is this also where they shot the Super Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tremendous. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the family mine. Um, yep. <laughs> where, th- where they got their uh, precious metals that made them so rich. They throw James in a pit and he immediately starts drinking He drinks water. the water as quickly <laughs> as he can. He, he, They're like, don't you want to wait until you're like really thirsty? And James says, no, I have to drink all of this mind juice so I get rock strength because I'm a dwarf now. <laughs> <laughs> I play Deep Rock Galactic and know that when I drink random liquids, I get temporary boosts. <laughs> they made a really big deal about him drinking mind juice. I love that he drinks it and he just says, that's going to give me cancer. Like, I, they, it's, a, it's a great moment. It's very, it's just a very funny uh, little moment. Why did they put a bag over his head? Yeah, why <laughs> so did they he, do that? So that he wouldn't know it was his family's mine. Okay. It could be sure. any mine. All mines look the same inside. I mean, yeah, it makes no sense they, that they put a bag over his head. I mean, they could gag him so he wouldn't scream. That would be useful. But you know what? You know why they put the bag? You know why they put the bag over his head? Is the writers were like, "Oh, we didn't introduce James and inter- the other Jameses in an interesting way, so we'll put the bag over his head because that'll be interesting." You know, it was it's probably a production where like we don't have to digitally make James again if it's just an extra with a bag over their head. God damn it! You found that's the real reason. Oh, do they throw him into the pit with a bag over his head? They could have done that for stunt double reasons. No, they pull it off. I'm watching it. They pulled it off and then they, then they spar to kick him in. So it's probably, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? And then he drinks Who a whole knows? bunch of mind juice. <laughs> um, and then as he's in the mind, did you guys get the really subtle, uh, music needle drop that as you cut back to <laughs> bad, school? Bad guy? Billy Eilish's bad guy plays. They yeah. have the depth of pockets for the music on this show is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> This is a graveyard of tracks that were fucking red hot seven to like thirty years. I ago. think I think that the seven to thirty. It sure feels like it. Uh, I I think that the, I still think the royalty rate's got to be high for an Eilish track for bad guy. I think I mean, so. yeah. I bet so. I bet so. I yeah. Think I think it's hot enough. It's still got juice on it. Listen, I've used this for a boss fight in a tabletop campaign before. <laughs> I'm not a You played you played bad guy? For a for a for a final boss fight. <laughs> well you were like, wait, hold on, before I tell you who you guys see coming down the stairs and you put on the music and you put on bad guy? Yeah, I did the metal version though, which is pretty cool. Oh cool. That's pretty rad. I think yeah, that the the electronic part in bad guy sounds like music from uh Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for real. I've also used uh, Heads Will Roll to close out a season That's before. Sick. That's pretty cool. That's real sick. It's lame as shit, but it is No, like, I think it's good. I think a subtlety to needle drops has gone out the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was thinking about this scene a lot, about how, like, oh, you remember in, like, uh, 
Reservoir Dogs were like <laughs> stuck in the middle of you was kind of like a cute idea because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it kind of is ironic when you think about what the song is saying. While this, but like nowadays, it's just, hey, we're, we need a scene. We're thinking of a song. Think, of, what's the first words that pop in your mind? Is there a song title that's like that? We're getting that song. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. That's where art's at. This is goosebumps. Like this felt incredibly appropriate to drop all subtlety and have no. Like, what I is, know. What is James right. accomplishing by fucking up James's life while he's drinking mine? Yeah, what is it? What is James's end game? So yeah, we 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 get a couple of scenes of bad James's being bad, being bad guys. Yeah, uh, breaking up with Sam, being mean to all his friends. Um. What does he do? It does he get anything of material gain during this part? I don't believe he does. I don't. I didn't get what his 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 end game was. He just kind of does character assassination and property destruction. Yeah, and and he fucks with Izzy. I guess. Well, we don't see. Then I was. I'm clicking through now while we're talking. We do not see the Izzy. Uh, the scene from the la- end of 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 episode two where he explodes on her until midway through this episode as a kind of reminder of the mechanics of of bad James and how they work because she gets yeah. hit and we get to the point where the episode cut off and then her uh, father comes in, the moms come in and then another James comes in to be like, hi, it was just a prank. Uh, and I got goop all over the house. But me- but meanwhile, there's yellow splooge everywhere. And it tastes like, what is it? Strawberry? It's, it smells like watermelon jolly. Watermelon. That was kind of a funny joke. Yeah. That was kind of a funny joke. Yeah. I love involving the senses. I'm always saying it. Involve the Engage senses. Engage the senses. You do always Engage say that. them. <laughs> it's actually the first thing that uh, Kevin says when he wakes up in the morning. His eyes open and he goes, Engage the senses. When my eyes open up <laughs> to my radio playing uh, the locomotion, but in Japanese. <laughs> That's Wow. That's what I say. I like engage that. and you go, you go here. Engage smells. See smells. Smells. Smells engaged. Computer resume simulation. Yeah, it's it's real it's real cool that you do that. Yeah, it's really cool that I engage the senses and I do it all the time. Well, can we talk about how fragile these Jameses are? These bad Jameses, which I'm going to call the blames. The, the blames. Blameses. Blameses yeah, is the, good. Yeah. I wish it was a little more zombie survival guide. When you say zombie survival guide, do you mean in terms of naming conventions or in terms of what their weaknesses are? I mean in terms of battle tactics against the Jameses. Oh, but I like, see. Yeah, these things are fragile. If there's a specific way to burst them, that would be interesting. Yes, if there an attack on Titan, like a weakness on the back of the neck. Well, there yeah. is. It is the. He- it's a headshot. Actually, you have to. No, pop the it's head. everything. It is, no, no. It's the head. right. It's head. It's headshot. No, at, the, at the end, when they like knock over one of them, he says, "You missed the head." So it is the head. Oh, it is. They don't really clearly say that. You just see them all get hit in the head. If it was like the fontanelle, that would be really. That would be like it's. It should be a much smaller <laughs> spot. Fontanelle's hard yeah. to hit, man. There should be a you know, there should be a glowing weak point on each bad James with like with like or no, that would be cool if there was like one like flaw on the James or something. Maybe it looks like a rash or something, but that's their like Ooh. that's their like fucking weak point or whatever. Ooh, yeah, I would love because because going into this, I I had no halfway through. I felt like I felt no threat to the James, the Jameses because I was like, it seems like you just. You had to randomly chip a cue ball at them, and it—they're dead. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like ten pounds of force will destroy a James. Yeah, like you could probably just like place your thumb on a forehead and gently crack it open, like a Kinder Egg or something. Their head is all fontanelle. Is whoops all fontanelle? <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think the very top of the head, the fontanelle, would be interesting because then you'd have to like ski ball stuff at them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, you got you like it makes it a little more cha- just challenging enough that they could dodge it 
and that there would be some threat from them. Because when you really think about it, Izzy's on a killing spree. She's got like a three to four kill streak <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of this episode. But how fucking awesome would it be if, okay, so they're like killing all the Jameses, right? And then suddenly like the the um, industrial doors open up and James with a helmet on shows up. Oh my <laughs> God. Yes. With flamethrowers yeah. too. Like just that dumb escalation or whatever would, yeah. have, would have been enough. Yeah. Just wrapped pillows around their head. <laughs> yeah. I'm unstoppable now. And then you would just be like, oh, well now they just suffer from normal injuries that a human suffers. But then you have to, you, you have to uh, do them rightly like a medieval knight. You got to knock him down and then plunge your dirk into his head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got that got that lower center of gravity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. That that's when uh, James Prime has to embrace his true has to dwarven dwarf. sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, full dwarf. He does pick up a Minecrafting pick, uh, and I thought, <laughs> I thought for sure. I thought for fucking sure we were getting James going Minecraft mode, being like, I played so much Minecraft, I know how to get out of here. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been cute, too. We got to find the nether stone, he says. I thought it was coming. I really, truly thought that we were going to get something like that. (laughs) James just digs down until he hits (laughs) that. He never learned not to dig straight down. Yeah. Yeah. We just spend we spend no time with real James in this story. He's just in a pit somewhere for most of it. We haven't spent real time with real James through much of this show, actually. Yeah, the, he, James is essentially a bunch of rich kid jokes strung throughout the first couple of episodes. Yeah, and like, all right, so skipping ahead a little bit, Izzy uh, pops a James over the head with a bat in a parking lot, and it's really funny. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. It's pretty nasty, and uh, and the real Scooby Gang is assembling, yep. I assume, because it's Izzy, uh, Isaiah, and Margot, mm-hmm. and James is the missing fourth Scoob. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of bullshit, but like <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> it, you're you're 100 right though. After he gets popped, it's really just bullshit until we get to the the we get into the true killing. I guess we have that scene with uh. Chad's two favorite characters. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, proclaimers. I like dance. the lady. I like the lady who was on Reno Nine One One and a bunch of stuff. She's fine. His, his oh. mom. Uh, yeah. Lucas's mom. Uh, Nora. Lucas's mom. She's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nora's all right. She's the only one. But did she kill a kid in the past and just feels bad about it? Then she's just kind of normal, but bad. You shouldn't kill kids. <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone in this town is a little bit just like able to take a death or a paranormal thing pretty well i understand the story has to move at a pace so i'm not really actually nitpicking this but these kids handled james exploded in front of us with about a beat and going huh okay all right cool but that's i mean i like that honestly no it, it has to happen it has to happen it also story, works because uh isaiah and Margot do have a conversation i think right before they get yeah right before he gets popped on them where uh isaiah is doubting something that margo says and she's like you had a camera that took pictures and showed you the future yeah. and almost killed you so they're yeah. they've fully accepted the bonkos uh world that they live in right now yeah and um this is good for margo because i think this is the first directly supernatural thing that she sees well they saw the troll together okay so never mind yeah they've seen all uh, kinds all kinds <laughs> the, of the haunted mask possessed person that they presumed was a troll yeah, yeah. And um, Izzy comes clean about that. She's like, "I was the troll," and they move. They move on past that, which I thought yeah, was really like, funny. oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, here's the real uh, speed bump. This is why we really had to move past the whole James is dead thing to to, to make room for um, 500 miles. Yeah, the Proclaimers. Team. Oh, the Proclaimers. I, I'm okay with these needle drops only in that he's a boy from the 90s. So I guess this is his music. Well, that's what I I, like was, he, I think I brought this up on the last episode. Because I, I, maybe yeah. I thought this scene was in the last episode. Uh, I thought he was more of a Nine Inch Nails fan. And I just don't see exactly. the overlap. I don't get this either. My mom liked the Proclaimers. <laughs> I wasn't I super into them. I fucking loved this song in the 90s. I was big into this song. It goes on a mixtape. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in the 90s, we're forgetting that it was a more innocent time where we had less, where all the genres were on the radio together. You right. kind of just listened to Top 40 no matter yeah, what. Yeah, you're right. You know? And I and I and this song was far less played out at that point, and his voice sounded fun. I don't get why he's eating worms. Yeah, why, why is he, is he eating, eating worms? worms? Other than the book says, go eat worms. He has a another uh, sachet of chocolate powder, and then yep. and then just digs into some worms in a scene uh, played well uh, for for Justin Long for eating really probably nothing. He does a good job yep. of, of making it look like he's eating the worms. The CG could be this is the low this is the low point the nadir of the cg in the show i'll <laughs> hand it to the sound guy over the over justin longer the visual effects department on this one yeah I think they get the sound of eating worms pretty good yeah in the good yeah. old days well in the in the bad days they would have made an actor actually eat worms in the good old days of practical effects they would have gotten some gelatinous worms and made him actually eat fake worms yeah it would have looked fucking great and gross and Justin Long would have suffered for his art, <laughs> but instead he just ate choco powder and pretended to eat worms. And I think the work suffered because of it. I like agree. how Gillian Anderson really ate that cockroach in Humbug. You lost me. I haven't seen Humbug. <laughs> I haven't seen Humbug. You lost it's me, a, buddy. I'm sorry. It's an episode of X Files where uh, there's a. You know what? If you know. Oh, you know. I think actually, I think I do remember that episode. I don't. I'm not saying I want actors to eat real bugs. <laughs> I want Justin Long to eat real bugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It, that episode also uh, seemingly has uh, Michael J. Anderson from Twin Peaks in it, which rocks. Oh, that's cool. Look, it's all coming together. Yeah. Anyways, go on. I think this, I, I just think this scene, what what they're doing with Biddle, possessing, I can't want to call him Bateman, Barth, Batman, uh, 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 Justin Long's character. Brat. Brat. Like, he, maybe this is him taking control of the body more. He is wildly shifting from uh, a child, like a teenage boy, born again, right? Like dancing around his house, I guess, and playing the proclaimers, having cereal. And then he like bouts of rage to he's kind of like awkward with the the guidance counselor as opposed to intimidating. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the, the tone's just shifting a lot with this character in every scene. The only thing I can think of to justify the worm thing is that even though – Brat is possessed. Biddle is not in control of Brat's senses. Brat still like tastes everything, so he's like oh. making he's making uh, Brat eat worms to torment him. Oh, it? that could be true. He seems like he's gleefully eating them, but inside, because right now he is he's Harold, but uh, Nathan, right, is his name? Um, is who is, Biddle? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Wait, Na- wait, sorry, Nathan, Nathan Brat, Brat ha- Howard and Harold Biddle. Biddle. Harold Biddle is in control, but Nathan Bratt is backgrounded and he's suffering because he can still taste the worm. You think you think Nathan Bratt is like locked in there and he remembers all of it, like when a yerk possesses you? Yeah, yeah. I don't think um, I don't think he's uh, Howard Biddle when like the worms are about to pass. Uh, yeah, right. 
<laughs> he shifts control. He shifts control for just a minute, and then he goes resuming control, and then he t- engage the senses. Yeah, engage the senses, all of them. He, uh, yeah, I think he's torturing them. But I also think that to his, um, to your point, Chad, of him being a little bit uh, all over the place, I, d- I think there is a struggle occurring between the two of them, and I think we've kind of gotten that. I think we had the scene which you guys both loved. Where he was doing physical comedy in the school hallway. Um, uh, love in quotations. You, bo- you both uh, adored that scene. You texted me about it after we recorded last episode. <laughs> and I said, this yeah. is the next Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, once the kayfabe ended. <laughs> Eat my shorts, Buster Keaton. <laughs> yeah, so you you guys were really into that. And I think that yeah. shows that there, there, there is a struggle occurring. So I think there is... Maybe a little bit of a battle, and that's why we have these kind of awkward moments between characters, right? But how scary would it be if, like, during the scene with a guidance counselor, Mm -hmm. instead of just acting weird, he's like, I don't have chocolate. I I had chocolate milk. Don't worry. Don't say anything about the chocolate milk on my face. He was having a normal conversation with the guidance counselor, and then just for one second, his his demeanor changed. He was like, help me. That would be great. Help me. I mean, this is what Get Get Out does. That's good writing. And then, like... It shifts back as Biddle takes control. And then you hear, he says, activating all senses, resuming control. <laughs> engage and the senses. Guy's guy's like, engage the senses. He's like, that's weird. Don't worry about it. Get out of my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how um, this guidance counselor guy, does he have a name? Colin. Oh, who cares? Colin. It's weird how Colin, how much he's willing to forget and, and move on. Like, yeah. I don't know what this scene means if we just kind of leave it with Colin being like, that was weird. And him leaving, like, is it just, we need more Justin long time and an already packed episode or like, is there going to, is there going to be a clue in a later episode where like the chocolate milk comes back as a clue. And then Colin's going to be, I think so. They've done it in three episodes, right? Nathan Bratt had chocolate powder all over his face. (gasps) Thomas Biddle's possessing him. They are making a big deal of the chocolate. powder. They are. He ate it in the beginning of episode one. We saw Nate, we saw uh, Bratt eat it in the both episodes after. I do believe that that is going to be a a plot element at some point. That's what stinks too. That's another thing with needle drops, just an overall observation of modern media. Uh, Needle drops suck now. And, uh, it used to be, <laughs> it used to be you would write in clever things, right? But nothing is a red yeah. herring anymore. No one's, nothing's allowed to be, nothing is allowed to be just a weird item for a detail. Like everything has mm. to be so tied into a script. And it's like, like I get it. Like I get the idea of like no, there's no fat on this script. It's all in there, and it's all there for a reason. But there's there there has to be room for a little bit of uh, stuff that doesn't quite that maybe is more thematic than it is uh, plot related. You know what I'm saying? Fat is flavor. Fat is flavor, baby. Fat is flavor. <laughs> can I can I add an, uh, a possible illustration for our theories related in the story? Because I'm 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 rewatching while we're talking. Yeah. And and uh, Brat before he eats his big bowl of worms. He is tidying up the basement that is clearly Tom Biddle's old headquarters. Mm-hmm. And, like, he seems to be placing the objects of power in a spot of reverence. Mm-hmm. Like, he's putting the mask and going, and there you go. And here is the camera. And here is my worm farm that I thought meant he liked the worms. But I guess he's just growing worms to eat them. We have another episode but that is Go Eat Worms next. So I think we're going to find out the the power element we're gonna of the find worms. A, the secret of the worms. It, it, it uh, involves Lucas. And Lucas is not uh, seemingly not hurt by anything. So I have a feeling it's some sort of invincibility thing that's going to happen. I was thinking it's going to give him like one piece stretchy power. <laughs> <is what I laughs> that think. would be incredible. <laughs> 
Uh, but what I was guessing from this scene is that to me says these objects already had power before the event of Halloween. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah. Like these were already precursed, precharged with dark magic. And Biddle is like, got them back. Got this object of power. Got this object of power. Boy, oh boy, my strange book of plans and comic books. And I, I swear he wrote Chalky Milk in the book. In the book, <laughs> it's all coming together. Uh-huh. Which is an an anachronism. Let's face it. Ch- chalky Milk. Chalky Milk. Yeah, nineties kid wouldn't know about Chalky Milk. He would not. He would not refer to it as such. <laughs> chalky Milk is a, is an internet phenomenon, <laughs> and a recent one. Yeah, maybe maybe he didn't actually write Chalky Milk. In my mind, would, I just saw him write Chalky Milk. He would know about chocolate milk, but to call it Chalky Milk, I feel like that is a recent internet hmm. thing. Am I crazy here? You guys are giving no. me nothing. Am I going insane? No, I'm just, you're making my brain think that how like there's other, maybe they'll do this for the rest of the series. There's comedy potential in having a boy who has not lived since the 90s now possessing a man in mm-hmm. 2023. And like, Having him as a teacher, like not knowing how to fucking get on the Wi-Fi, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like little things where it'd be like that's kind of a fun humor about te- essentially teleporting. I think there's comedy in making uh, a kid who died in the '90s go t- like he's finally a, like you know he's back in the land of the living and he has to go back to high school to teach English. Like that's, that's a good seem- point too. That just seems cruel to me, and they don't. That's really a very good point. That. But and you know, I guess I guess that's not part of what I guess we needed five hundred miles instead of uh, a scene where I think it'd be more funny to see him try and teach English class and either it'd be really easy or really dumb. <laughs> what if what if it was what if he was like a teacher and it was a history teacher and he had to teach his students was like what do you mean the World Trade Center? <laughs> There's that. There's that. And you just see, you see it like you just see it like hit him really hard. He's like, "What? They? It was intentional." And he just goes through all. The, he like lives the whole. Line. Yeah, he lives through the whole <laughs> the whole thing that we went through. It cuts to like ten minutes later in the class, and he's pulled out a TV and he's just watching footage from September 11th. And the students are like, "Do you want to teach sales?" He's like, "I need to see this." The sad thing is, the kids that are in the classroom didn't experience 9/11, so they don't even know what the feeling was. <laughs> Welcome to our hell. <laughs> I don't know if we can keep the whole 9-11 joke in there. What? It's a thing that happened in real history. <laughs> we can. We can. It, it's a character I'm, reaction. I'm worried to more it. about here, how hard you're laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> just picturing Justin Long, just processing all of the events of everything that's happened in the last 20 or 30 years. A little scared. It just devastating him. Like, okay, let's say it's it's not just 9-11. It is the You know what it is? The kids are like, hey, there's this brand new song you should listen to. And it's Fallout Boys, We Didn't Start the Fire Part Two. And he's like, like a sequel well, I don't know what Fallout Boy is, but you mean the Billy Joel song? It's like, yeah, we did a sequel. They did a sequel to this pop punk band. Well, it's not really pop punk, that's really a mis- misnomer. But they did a summary of the last thirty years. Like, oh, I should listen to it. And then they discuss what pop punk is for the next like uh twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he gets re- he probably gets really into it, right? He's like, God damn, which has been around when I was in the nineties. Yeah. Oh man. But no, five hundred miles. Like that's um that worked better than all the stuff that Chad just came up with. Yeah. <laughs> it was certainly cleaner and a little quicker. Uh but so we get we get that that beautiful scene and then we go into uh James kill time. It's time to kill some Jameses. 
Yeah, so the Scooby Gang uh, tracks one of the Jameses to the mine, and then they walk in the mine, and they follow James in, and they're like, it's a trap, and then James is like, it's a trap, and Clone James tries to run them down with a a minecart, and they're like, let's run, (laughs) not perpendicular to the tracks. There was a part where, the great part is that he says it's not a trap, and we have a classic uh, clone standoff, right? The classic trope of two clones saying, I'm the real one. They kill one because they figure it out. And then the best part is the other one just reveals himself and is like, actually, I'm a clone too. Fuck you. And then they kill him too. Why did they Why did they just be like, hey, bonk me on the head. I'll survive it. Why didn't they just turn right or left and not run along the tracks that the (laughs) minecart was... If you're going to do that, please just comment on it. That's all I ask. Just please do a snide little... I was so scared. I didn't even think to turn right. Like... That would be that'd be good and funny. It's yeah, a comedy very, horror show. Yeah, yeah, totally. Also, at some point, one of us should be like, "So let's let's remember, James is a hundred and twenty pound boy that doesn't do <laughs> athletics. Uh-huh. His entire head is a fontanelle that causes him to explode into delicious goop." <laughs> I, you know what? I think we're going to be okay against the Jameses. That's what I thought. So they they escape the uh, they escape the minecart trap, uh, and then I think they end up back in. Uh, in they they go back in right. They re re enter the the mine to go save him, and they end up yeah, in a. Well, well, Isaiah gets thrown down there. Oh, I apologize, guys. I they the the minecart thing happens, and then they have the standoff with the two clones, and yeah. then and then they go into uh, Isaiah ends up in the hole with the real James, and then they have the the big fight sequence with a bunch of other James, and this is where I was like, wow, these are the weakest thing. You do not have to worry, guys. You just simply have to just give them a. The lightest of taps in the head, and you're going to be good. But but I don't. But they didn't lean into the comedy of it like they could have in a very. I think that would have been a great subversion of expectations a little bit. Um, I will say they leaned into the RL stylings of uh, yes. everything is terrible when they did like that scene where no, I'm the real James. None of us are the real James. That felt very RL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess a, a double fake out like that totally. Yeah, like yeah. you would you would have them solve the problem at the end of one chapter and then the next chapter starts with another another evil james shows up it's just like what is the metaphysics of evil james does like he need to be a dickhead to recharge his goo energy or like... <laughs> it builds his, yeah it builds up his goo it renews his goo yeah is james does james ever say at any point like now you real james you stay here in the pit and i'm gonna make your life better for you by making some tough calls does, you know what i mean he does like, not say that and you'll thank me james or i'm taking your i want your life james how, says. how fucked up would it be if like fa- the fake jameses were running james life better like they were keeping his grades up they were yeah. they were like you know patching things up with like uh you know kids at school like they were living his life <laughs> better than him instead of ruining his life that's really interesting because he he thought he was bettering his life by eschewing them right and using the knowledge that he had gained to go back and read but they actually were making his life better and he was a better like and but how do you okay i love that idea but how do you make the turn where they decide to finally they have to kill all the other jameses there has to be something that is going wrong for for James Prime, right? But it's not their life to take. That's mm. the turn. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can't just steal someone's life and do it better. I think that's beautiful. I think that's smart. I don't think you can make that for television uh, on Disney Hulu Plus. Um, I I feel like Calvin and Hobbes did this storyline where Calvin made a bunch of copies of himself. He definitely and then did. They yeah. over, and then they argued over who had to do homework and who got to stay in and watch video play play cartoons. This is also a Gravity Falls episode where Dipper makes a bunch True. of dippers 
and uh, in the in the photocopier, and they kind of live his life for him. It's a trope. There's like probably like ten Star Trek episodes that do this. I get yeah, it. I yeah. think. Do you think that the multiplicity came out after that Calvin and Hobbes strip? <laughs> do you think? I think it did. Do you think Michael Keaton stole the the, the premise from a yeah. Calvin and Hobbes strip? Oh my God! Harold Ramis Harold Ramis directed multiplicity, and he wrote it. He stole he's, it. He's good. He 100 percent stole it. <laughs> And I love that. I love that guy, but he stole it. He, that guy read Calvin and Hobbes. I know it. I'm sorry I didn't learn this about one of your heroes, Paul. I know it's really it hurts. I'm. You know what? I'm glad they're. I'm glad they're CGing him now beyond the grave in movies. <laughs> he deserves it. I'm sorry I had to learn it and reveal it. So suddenly, Devil Trigger starts playing, and they have to fight <laughs> oh all god. of the Jameses. <laughs> oh my god! I would lose my fucking shit if Devil Trigger came on. <laughs> Isaiah starts revving a, a bat that has a motorcycle thing on the end of it yep, for no reason. Yep. Oh, that'd be so cool. So they do have a they have a cool fight where they do cool things and slide and spin and I really like uh the the actor who plays James in this fight sequence. I think he's very anime and fun. Like yeah. he does like cool little anime stoops and stuff. Yeah. Like it's uh this feels like kind of Scott Pilgrimy. Like yeah. it's it's cool. They have a cool I'm looking at I'm actually watching through it right now where the double stomp uh is a cool shot too where they have this good like it's almost a um trunk shot, you know, like the classic shot of a, out of a trunk of two people looking yeah. down. It's, oh, yeah. it's got that same energy as they approach the final James clone. I was thinking Shaun of the Dead for that shot. For sure, that too. Yeah. yeah. It it definitely you're right. It has an Edgar Wright energy to it. Um it doesn't have the budget to to do quite the level of spectacle, but it's pretty fun. I think for for what this show is and for, you know, it being a, the first season of a show, I think it's a pretty decent sequence. All these voices inside of my head. It's a great it's a great game. Someone someone re uh redo that scene but with Devil Trigger playing. <laughs> <laughs> put a put on a, st- a combo meter on the side to build it up to <laughs> but like yeah the uh, fun scene um and the jameses are dead and they go out to get brunch covered in goo this feels like uh i always like a post-combat lunch scene i don't know yeah. what genre that is but getting yeah 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 getting brekkie food after a big fight against the supernatural it's probably not the origin but i feel like it reminds me of Pulp Fiction going to the diner after after disposing of the sure. body. That's what it feels he, like, right? Yeah, I think it should be illegal not to do a scene where everybody goes and gets... I think it's just kind of like the recontextualization. Like, it's like seeing superheroes in a domestic role or whatever. Yeah. If there's a like, violent that, scene, yeah. you should have to show the food scene after it legally. I agree. Be- yeah. Best... Kevin, I know, you don't, I know you don't watch them. You haven't seen those movies, but the best Avengers scene ever... Is it Avengers Two where they're all they're all just hanging out at a party having beers? It's the best scene of the whole movie. Whole, you mean when series. they're eating shawarma? No, this is actually after shawarma. Shawarma okay. is the end of the first one. I don't think I've seen. They're two. just having a party. Is two Ultron? I haven't seen the one with Ultron. Two is Ultron, and okay. like, they're like joking around, like who can lift the hammer? Could an elevator lift the hammer? It's fun. It's a fun scene. Oh yeah, that was a good scene. That was a fun one. I feel like fucking years ago, everyone was like, Ultron sucks, so I didn't watch it. But now everyone's saying Ultron's really good. Uh, I think it's a flawed movie that, and, and listen, Whedon's real dirtbag. I think for what that movie is doing structurally, it is monumental task that it pulls off like 20 different threads and connects them all in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Well, but, now that it's not yeah. cool or topical anymore, maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now, you're, now that you're kidding, dude, that'd be the best thing. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll get super into that shit. So yeah. they're talking through they're talking through all their stuff while they're eating pancakes and Mar- Margo doesn't want to talk to her mom. And James is like, 
I drank mine water. <laughs> what, what did he say? I've, I've been drinking mine water. Yeah, he's like, I drank mine water and was in there for a whole week. So you should call your mom. With uh, respect and love. With respect and love. Uh, and she does. And her mom uh, knows that they murdered a child. And she doesn't want it uncovered. Um, so she has. She tells them to be quiet. She doesn't say this stuff. It's told through subtext. Uh, that she's going to return. And they're going to cover up the child murder that they did 20 years ago or whatever. 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the parent. Th- at this point, by the end of this episode, the parents are pretty much all on the same page of, I think Tom Biddle's back and trying to seek revenge on this. Yeah. But now Hohenheim of Light is about to show up, aka Margot's mom. <laughs> Hell yeah. And we think she's bad, but she's going to be really, ultimately, a very good, good character. She has a suitcase and everything. Yeah, I can't, what, what is this scene? I can't remember. Is she reached out by about by Biddle? Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, Margot calls her and is like, so some weird stuff has been happening in town, and... Um, do you know anything about the about uh, Biddle? And she's like, yeah, I do. Don't talk to me anymore because I'm coming over. And she's like, okay, well, I have more information for you. She's like, no, 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 no. Do not talk. The line might be tapped. I'm coming over. <laughs> this, this line is not secured against ghosts. Uh, I'm <laughs> I could be ghost tapped right the now. The ghost CIA can be anywhere. And then Heads Will Roll starts playing. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do fucking love that every parent has kept a uh, Polaroid picture of Harold that they all look at sadly. Yeah, when what the fuck? <laughs> that's an interesting little detail that's been peppered throughout these episodes. Speaking of point, can I ask you guys a question? I'm very confused by it. I was so after they call yeah, the mom is like, don't, you know, the CIA ghosts are listening. It cuts to Biddle down in his basement, and he's pulled out his his workbook of evil ideas, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, by the way, I need to add an asterisk that I'm looking at it now. I misread his big letter writing of cuckoo cuckoo as chalky milk because he. I read that as chalky milk Got for it. some reason. Fair. I'm so sorry. Oh, I see. I, right. I I resigned from the podcast. No, no, no. It's a um, it's a totally uh, understandable mistake. But as that, he's pulling out his workbook. And he has a tel- a, a Polaroid of Eliza, who I believe is the mom we just saw in another mm. state or city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he crosses her face out as if he is done with her. Mm. And I don't understand why. Well, he heard Sarah got married to Colin, right? Uh, Sarah, Mar- Colin is Margot's dad, who's the guidance counselor. And, uh, uh-huh. and Sarah, I think Sarah's her mom or wh- whoever he, I think he had a crush on Margot's mom. Uh, so you okay. think, oh, so you think Biddle was like, oh, this girl is no longer available to me. So I'm crossing her name out of my book. We, we wore a promise ring. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy, some fallout boy songs are really going to speak to how I'm feeling right now. Shit. I'm glad my students told me about fallout boy. Maybe I don't want to be evil. <laughs> Okay. I was just very confused by that cross. I was like, I don't know what he did to st- to kill her. No, I think okay. he had a I think he had a thing for uh Margot's mom. Yeah, we're gonna Got the it. mystery box will reveal itself because we find out that there's another mystery box that uh ninth <laughs> ninth James has brought. Uh but it turns out it's empty. And then we have uh uh Nathan Bratt, uh well Harold Biddle via Nathan Bratt falling into histrionics about uh, not being able to have his boy that he wanted to have there at that moment. Where is he? He screams, where is he? Where is my boy? Where I is my, bo- my boy. Where is Mr. Bad Boy? Bring him to me. <laughs> <laughs> Implying that I guess he was in the mines? <laughs> 
That would be right. That would be pretty cool. If I'd, I'd love it if they did more with the mines. It's too cool of a setting. The mines to give up. have to. The they got to go back to, to the do mines. something else. Like, there's no way if they're doing all of this like spooky magic and occult powers and not using the local town mines. That is a huge. This mistake. is a Gordian knot of a show. This show has been intertwined all throughout, and they're using it smartly to one lay mysteries, but also to reuse props and sets and sequences. Uh, it's pretty smartly done to save some money. All I'm saying is James's family dug too greedily and too deep, and that's why his mom drinks. <laughs> they woke up a slap rog. <laughs> I, I hate how much I got excited for seeing an empty ventriloquist box. <laughs> I wasn't like I was not like, excited to see Slappy. I was. I, I, no, I'm actually. I what nothing. are you talking about? I'm pleased with. Nothing. I'm pleased with the reprieve. I, you know what I was excited by was mind juice. <laughs> Could go for a sip of that rock water. I said, yum, yum, let me slurp up some mind juice. Uh, I'm like, give me that mind juice. Yeah, I can. Oh, hit, my God. I, can get, I was, I can go I was another so week excited without to be like, what's, what's, what's in the box? <gasps> it would be Slappy, but where is he? Slappy's loose. It's got all the minerals a growing boy needs. Sorry, I'm still thinking about mind juice. <laughs> it's got all that lead. Yeah. Kids love lead. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out uh, what happened to Slappy in the next episode, uh, season one, episode four. Go drink mind juice. <gasps> I'm looking forward to more. I hope they go back to the mines. I'm, I want some some more dwarf energy in the this mines. show. The mines. The mines. Uh, and also, just for the record, all all James Clones are dead because Biddle is so mad that he didn't get a special Mister Bad. Oh, does he pop him at the end? Yeah, he pop a James. Yeah, he throws a can at him. I'm like, come on, man. That's like your only occult pawn right now. You should keep him around at least to like. Run to the store and get you shit. Yeah, that's in a that's inefficient play. If they left a clone James alive long enough that the clone James was like, you know, kind of a like recurring character, that would be cool because then like, you know, clone James could like betray uh Biddle. Oh, like the, I'd like, love that. Like the like clone James could just kind of like over time like grow to hate <gasps> Biddle so much and then like want what uh the rest of the the team has, and then Biddle could kill Clone James, just like pop him, and that would be Ooh. a big like emotional moment. Mm. Kevin, I love that. Or I love that. Or real James dies in like episode seven or eight, and they replace him with and Clone able, James, and they replace him with Clone James, who's just like, I must never play any sports. <laughs> I will always wear a hat, and I will live my life now. I am James, and all the friends accept him. But you know what? To do that, you have to have a universe where love is real, and uh, we're in the Goosebumps <laughs> universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, say that. Speaking of, I can tell from the very first scene of the next episode, we get to see some adults fucking. What? Oh, oh. Well, post, post, post-coital. Oh, okay, that's fine. They're in separate beds, though, right? Oh, uh, no, it looks like they they're in the same bed. <laughs> Are they separate beds, not pushed together? Psychic fucking? Uh, maybe they're into. I, I got, I got an impression from TikTok last night that the youth are are into edging. Now are they playing naked Beyblades? <laughs> Wait, what? When you say naked Beyblades, is any part of your body the Beyblade, or are you just actually spinning a Beyblade uh, naked? Well, I mean, I don't want to kiss and tell, but <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm just thinking about what that could possibly be in my. There's so many potentials. Let it rip. Let it rip. <laughs> and that's a goosebumps. <laughs> and that's a goosebuds. Thank you so much for. Going through this episode with me, boys. Hey, thanks for having us, Chad. It was lovely to guest on this podcast. Yeah. 
thanks for having us, Chad. I hope you don't quit because I'd love to be invited back. Wow. I hope, here we I are. hope you guys don't fire me because I'd like to be back. Um, <laughs> you were forgiven over Chalky Milk. That'd be another thing. Would, would he? Oh, that'd be another great 90 thing where he's like, the Chalky Milk doesn't taste as good as it used to. No, you know Chad, I mean? we're ending the podcast. <laughs> this is where the podcast ends now. He's like, what happened to Legos? Legos used to be simple. <laughs> if you like this podcast, <laughs> you can go uh, to patreon.com slash <laughs> and tell us you liked it by donating us a little uh, a little scratch why not uh, a little chalky milk us... money if you will chalky milk money for for a chalky milk um a week you can gain <laughs> access to our discord uh you can uh get access to our uh, other podcast our secret podcast camp goose buds where we basically just do what we're doing now mm-hmm but for a while, like we just kind of bl- banter. Kevin, and fun. Kevin means banter, not plug our podcast for an hour. Well, you know, it, it, it plugs kind itself. Of. It plugs yeah. itself at a certain point. And sure. uh, we all, hey, we also have a store. If you go to goosebuds.store, you can find all of our wonderful merch uh, and put it on your body and take a picture of yourself and send it to us. And then we can be like, that's cool, man. You look great. We got some new items for, for the holidays. What? We got some new sweaters. Yeah. We have sweaters. What do we have in sweater? Well, it's uh, a great question, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I'm going right yeah. now to Goosebuds the store. Goosebuds the store. Uh, <laughs> that was a good typing sound. Uh, we have the, the Goosebuds Ball Boys, the classic uh, from the previous Dom era now is a sweater. We have the Goosebuds Wrestler Boys, all three of us as our wrestler sonas. Uh, you can get that as a hoodie. We Ooh. also get the, the Glump Cube 64, a mock n64 cover of our official podcast art done by brock gallagher we also uh, have a pom-pom beanie that's pretty cool pom-pom beanie yeah that'll protect your head in case you're a a clone oh my god he would be invincible it's called a james beanie james beanie we should call it a james beanie i should actually update the uh, the official listing for that uh but yeah that's on goosebuds.store uh i'll take you to our etsy page where you can get all of these cool things and the holidays are coming up goose it <laughs> uh boys, is there anything else people should check out? Hmm. Paul, Fantasy Month is over. Fantasy Month is over. Long live Fantasy Month. But we have some good wintry episodes coming up on Continue. Ooh. If you want to check those out, uh they'll probably be I, I don't know what's coming up. There's a there's some uh hunting coming up, there's some winter sport coming up, and there's a fun one coming up for uh for Christmas time. Uh, check it out. Uh, get to continue show, youtube.com slash continue show. Check it out. Kevin. Um, hello, I've been Kevin. Uh, do you like video <laughs> games? Because I make them, uh, and you can play them on the internet. If you go to supertry.itch.io or supertrystudios.com, you can play a lot of my games uh, for free in your ba- in your in your Bowser in your in your Bowser from Mario from Marmo. <laughs> um, so uh, I made a game this year called Wizard Laws Are Made to Be Broken, and I think it's a really good game. And I made a couple other games this year that I think are really good. And uh, I've made a couple of more games this life that I think are really good. And if you want, if you like my games and you want to support me, uh, maybe check out GiveKevinMoney.com. But uh, if you're looking for something to play in your uh in your bowser uh go uh go check out wizard laws are made to be broken i think it's good i love kevin's games that he's making in his current life um there's some really cool games from your past lives mm-hmm. too that i've enjoyed but uh yeah i'll, I'll yeah. leave that to the listener to find out where they can play those yeah they're pretty sweet we're clearly in the timeline where kevin made all the best games in the previous timelines where kevin kind of 
This one wasn't really clicking. Those are back in the cuckoo clock. We're in the good timeline. Yep. Just got to keep doing the time dance. (laughs) (laughs) Chad, what about you? Do you have anything cool? Uh, If you're listening to this after Christmas, I think uh, Star Trek Prodigy will be back on Netflix after it was taken so cruelly cruelly from the internet and streaming. I'm pretty sure that's when it's coming up. Maybe that hasn't been announced. I don't know. Keep an eye out for Star Trek Prodigy on your favorite streaming service, Netflix. Uh, I wrote and produced on that show and was very proud of that work. So check that out. Hey, go check out uh, the Beach the Beach Girls 5 or whatever. Yeah, go find Beach Chad. Girls 5 Scratch. See if you can find me in the crowd. Um, know that, watch it and then be surprised that it took three days to shoot that music video <laughs> based on what you see in it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, until next time, guys. See you then. Goodbye. Bye. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters, especially those listed in the Book of Names. The Book of Names. First off, Stefan, Jive Turkey, Kuwabata. Hollis, Hornbeak. Low Belly Hate Me. My, uh, Nathan Dolezal. <laughs> Michael Lantary. <laughs> Mickey C. Michael McDowell. Hey, Josh Ron. Cameron Murphy Audio. Buddy Moral. Mel Dipson. Allocade. Afshin. Dango Twist. Zentacles. Stealth Bates. Robert Moon. Brian Wells. Jason Crooker. Miguel Pardo. John Keady. Clay Castle. Calf. The Juggalobalist. Great news. Paranoia Shop just signed a 69M <laughs> with Spotify. <laughs> I have got no M's in my bank account. <laughs> Gregory D. Warren. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden praised that ice worshippers get fat stacks. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, happy, happy winter holiday to you all. Jar Jar Slinks. <laughs> Chosen one. Levi fan. Up and champ. Jonas Engman. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Carl. <laughs> Anthony Mulberry. Yanni Markovina. Elusive Koala. Drew Applegate. Christian Vanskever. Brooke X. Jesus Christ. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Tom Whittem. Lord Cornwallis. Andrew Jetsack wonders what is the flavor profile of a tall glass of dumb bitch juice? Depends on the flavor of bitch. I'm getting n- nutty, nutty notes. Um, kind of, what, what, what that bitch tastes like. Murphy P. Carson Birkenbean. Devin Ticklebean hidden in the trees outside Ice Church with Egg Sock? Hide <laughs> his Egg Sock. Cool. That's something only the Ice Worshippers would know about. Sean Minogue. Rushy Glenn. Wiggle it! Luke Love Fountain. Matt McClellan. Matt Matt McClellan. Chip Handsome. Alicia Gray. Tanya Turtle. Juan Jalapena. Timothy Misodulux. Reinfected. Keith Halcrow. Clay McCarty. Parker Lee. Sarah Kemp. Jonas Blatterman. Ham underscore boat. The Crow Fens, but seasonal. Raymond Hernandez. Matthew Sutton. Jeff Coffey. Kelsey Kinnaman. Russell Kasberg. Xavier Jimenez Castillo. The Scotty Pippen. Whoa, Crispy Trichus. Flemily. The Alex Moon. The robotic <laughs> dog. <laughs> A. Paul Grasso. <laughs> <laughs> 
Joe, regular name, Scott. Dungeon Kappa. Tobias Clark. Zach Weir. Lamp Duck. Ice Ascendant <gasps> Hamster. Ascend. Meet Virginia. Luke Noodles. Sam Bambino. Hugh Bolin. Estamina. Lord of Paul's Pants. Let me know where to send the pants. I'll send them. I thought you did. No, I oh, never Oh, you already did. sent them. No, I got pants to send. I'll send them. He's got those pants. Okay, he's got pants to send. Free pants. Tell him. Tell him where. <laughs> Chris, quote, spooky gym shorts and a 4XL t-shirt stiffy and Nelson. Damn. Streak. Nathan Remick. Kieran McNamara. Diet soda. Need more kimchi. Lamb. <laughs> Jackie Ledoux. It was a good waiver on your voice for Lamb. It was yeah. Great. It surprised me. I just I, 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 I hit the vibrato on that. Lamb. <laughs> Coleman Lagusa. Lee Wood. Reed Stupendick. A pair of Scots. Levi Kidder. Joey Evans. Getting nasty in the wastebasket. David Gray. Matthew Brattato. KY's Gamgee. Bryce, Deary. Bryce, Bryce, Deary. <laughs> hey guys, so I can't get out of Paul's vent, but I found a few rats that I befriended and then ate. Also, it's cold. We have rats? Ma, the meatloaf. Cameron Hansen. A wild, swaggy yellow squire appears. Jonas Envoldson. Envoldson. Tacky Tammy. <laughs> we doing okay? Bony. The Deadly Bold. Some of Chad's bird friends now live in the rafters of the ice church. it would be cold up there for those little guys. Like the vent. Just like the vent. Just like the vent. Gotta get, gotta get some vents up there with heat. Joe Gorman. Generally depressing. Burgers overturned cup. Parentheses boiling. Double parentheses free the entity. Yeah. Oh, Thank you for clarifying, Burger. Nicholas Maloney. Ben Bohan. Andre Villanueva. Tiffany Lee. Eric Horwitz. Thomas Jancis. Mutant astronaut. Lucretia McEvil. Ah, uh, Mary Chuchmas to all, and to all a good night. Aw, Mary Chuchmas. Mary Chuchmas. Good luck on. with the pain golem this year, <laughs> or whatever I called it. Henry Torbear. Boner Guard Epsilon Hamilton, a.k.a. Hambone, comma, host of Radio Bone Air. Germ Juice. Calamity Carl. Adam Knapp. Nick Johnson. Logan Derby. Chick. Brad Schmelzer. Callum, Mr. Misfire West. Skeletoran. Ryan Carroll. Mandy Nasty. Jeremy Bowser. Dr. Diarrhea. Yoplin. Megan McCormick Mason. Philip Reynolds. Ninja Breadman everywhere. <laughs> Nate Bit G. Oh, hello to Kiss Frenchlin. Boss Garretson. Mr. Unimportant wishes you a fine slinkmas with your loved ones and the pain golem. I added the pain golem part. Yay, pain golem. Aaron Lord. <laughs> Scott Wable. Ryan R. Davis. Dr. Chuck. I'm going a little shorter there, Dr. Chuck. Rocko! Omegal Bagal, a.k.a. Omegal Bagel, a.k.a. George, a.k.a. Josh. Hey, Josh. Hi, Josh. Robot Arena. Hi, Josh. Hey, Robot Arena. Evdog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Llama Lad. SSJ Trogdor. Greg Musto. Sprinkle Buns. Mike Spaghetti Jones. Hi, first time, long time. Allie Rose! Hilda B! Red Baron! Turtle from Entourage sipping too much scissor, but now he's making too many 311 chopped and screwed mixes for his gun G Gundam AMVs. Woo, that's a mouthful. That's the coolest turtle from Entourage has ever been. <laughs> wow. What? I don't know any of those things. <laughs> All he sets. My cart. Kate the Great. Soggy Newspapers. 
John W. Gulliver. Dakota Kemp. Chris Kulik. Cassandra Harris does not mind. This next name is my favorite. And that next name is Saturn Video. Oh, it's a good one. Kira and Brian are big fans. Big Nick Lane. Kiwi of Lurve. Serial Killer X. Blake Cavan. Dan Antonio! Farah. Here. Nice. Kit Bush. Sira Sin. Quest the Goblin Grader of Christmas Yet to Come. Ooh. Jesse. Ye over the moon. Dennis Ray. Cole Gleason. Chris Curdo. Cameron Gansevald. Several upset horses. <laughs> Calm down, horses. Calm down. Good good girls. <laughs> Michael Beloy. Jesse Boggs. <laughs> that scepter. Giving you my flat hand. You smell my flat hand. Don't bite it. <laughs> Kyle O'Neill. No ep- get no apples if you stay upset. <laughs> Greg Gervasi, parentheses, Vita's end, parentheses ended. I called it when Nick Murphy palled it tonight at 11. <laughs> I'm going to tune in. Goon Cahoots <laughs> saw Undertaker at a Walgreens. Ooh. <laughs> B. Anthony Rodriguez. We forgot to change our Patreon name for a while, but Jeff Webb, the big baby, and I still appreciate all the ongoing bits in the boat. <laughs> S. Just a alpaca acquaintance. Ooh, that's hard. Oh. Just a alpaca acquaintance. Ooh, Ooh I get it. Ooh, all right, one more time. Just a alpaca acquaintance. Beautiful. Right. Flawless. That's good. There's, there's a lot of A's in there. Yep. Taraku, the thing that goes doink in the anime. Goink. Wunderskin. Tanirhide. Brony underscore Danza. Anthony Stoker. Wonderskin Again? Again? <laughs> Wonderskin is such a good supporter of our show. Feels just like real skin. 3M Corp, do not ask if you can buy Wonderskin. It's not for sale. <laughs> Spencer Y. Max stares longingly at the beast beneath the surface. Let him out. <laughs> Let him out. Free him. Let him out. No, nope. free, nope. free the entity. Keep, keep him cold. Keep Let him cold. Out. Keep him down there. Crack the ice. Dog lips cajoyin. Uh, uh, upset horses. Crack the ice. Robert Holden. <laughs> Easy there, girls. <laughs> Paul's sentient my buddy doll. Hurt, a.k.a. Cyberbully. Bully the ice. Daniel Hershberger. <laughs> Beyonder. Greb Comics. Talene McKnight. Got married to Ross. Not from Friends, McKnight. That's a cooler Ross than the it Ross is. from Friends. Congratulations. Chris and the canine conundrum. Woof. <laughs> Blarbin. Starship Nine. Logan Kilgus. Boss Feratu. Proper Spaceman. Kumquat Behavior Podcast. Gotta know. <laughs> Canadian Ghoul gives Scritches a millet to some of Chad's bird friends. Yay, millet! Aw, they love it. Smellities. R.I.P. Dom Moschini Goomba stomped on the orcs by a, by a Frenchman after his paperback paradise was lost in the circle of shivs. How evocative. I hope he's okay. Angelo Edward Longton Santone. L.O.D. Caleb Snyder, Grandmaster of Spells and Enchantments, pledges his wizard staff and ancient tome to Paul. Well, 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 who's the only person left with a pledge, fellas? Caleb, the war's over. You have to move on. Stay behind me. You never, we must stay vigilant, Caleb. <laughs> Clint King. Agents Miskatonic. Nelsevin. Lumo Nuva. Brian Yadaf. Irma Gerd, Irma Troll, glass of dumb bitch juice. Nice, dude. <laughs> Nowhere, Lucas. Brian Starro. C.L. Reagan. Ben Floyos <laughs> Sayer. 
Justin. Gumblegore. Bob Cabbage. Number one gnome. Jolly old Jules. John Farrington. Jaybird. And welcoming to the Book of Names, Ryan Coyle. Welcome. Nat underscore Noah overturns his piping hot fresh made tuna pasta onto the ice church yes. floor. Welcome, MC Wright. Where do you stand with the Ice Church? Daniel Hirschberger, I hope you brought your flamethrower. Welcome to the book. Also, I knew a Ryan Coyle growing up in into high school. I hope it's the same Ryan Coyle. I doubt it, though. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so very much. We love you. Thanks for tuning pasta. Bye. 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 Scratch something. I still can remember that song.